Hey, good evening. This is a special Ultimates Week edition of the Walking Around with Thomas NZ, Thomas from New Zealand, um, ISFL edition. <laughs> good old motorbike sound straight off the bat. Um, I'm never quite sure how much of this uh, background noise filters through but just in case anyone's not familiar I record these while walking around my local neighborhood doing chores um, just between things and kind of revel in the uh, wind and car and other pedestrian and all the other sound, sights and sounds of the city that you get with me when you're walking around London town um, so this is the ultimate week edition so this is answering the tier one um question the sort of the wild card question the last of the tier ones around anything that i want to talk about that's relevant to the icfl so something that i have been thinking about for a long time but i think has really powerfully come to a head this season um is how some leagues in the icfl specifically deal with the breakout player of the year awards so I think that there are a lot of issues with this award first of all what's the definition of a breakout player Um, is that going to be different for different position groups is that going to be different for um across you know stacked teams versus weak teams is that going to be something that only young players can win only you know can veterans win a breakout player of the year award you know what kind of things preclude you from the award is it you know if you were nominated for rookie of the year could you win breakout player yeah like there's all kinds of issues and that's just with it being considered a breakout player of the year award wow i've gone into full rant mode on this um i was trying to slow down a bit there um as opposed to a most improved player of the year award um and i think voters and nominators typically consider whether or not a player has improved mostly um, compared to especially last year's stat line and I think there's a so the first thing I'm going to say is I think it should be breakout player so forget all the complicated stuff I had at the start yes that's hard to figure out but it's far more interesting to have breakout player of the year award than a most improved player of the year award in part because what is it most improved against is it most improved against last season is it most improved against their career to date i think if it's most improved against career to date it's basically a breakout award anyway so i think that that's that kind of plays into my perspective that it should be a breakout award um and if it's against just one year that you're looking back then uh, you know it it really benefits people who have you know basically a shit season one year and a great season the next year and I'm not entirely sure if that's the point of the award 
and it also kind of plays out in maybe people who are being used from free safety to strong safety suddenly get a very different stat line maybe that's a thing or um you get someone who had a down year maybe there was a stronger player in front of them last year now that player left in free agency and suddenly they're getting a lot more of the kind of prime uh, the prime game share and their stats go up a lot um, but even though maybe they don't go up so much higher than say a career year they'd had three years earlier um, I, yeah I think I think this is a hard thing um, and you know I, I think awards are tough there are only you know five to six nominate nominees a year there's a lot more players than that like there's always going to be less awards to go around to um than deserving players so i think it is a tough kind of thing but i think that the breakout player of the year awards is a constant pain point both for the people who nominate the people who vote and then the you know the general public the general sim league communities kind of response to interpreting what this is and what they're being presented with and why someone has won for what could be a lot of different reasons that have just kind of been playing out um and i think I'm just going to go into some of the details around how these awards are kind of nominated for. But so I've been on the SHL awards committee for I was a six-season veteran of that committee. I'm currently one of the two DFSL um, committee organisers, and I've voted on DSFL awards before. So I have some insight into the kind of mechanics of how voting works and how nominating works but one of the big issues with this award is it's the only award that you need to look over multiple sets of data so for all the other awards you are looking at this one index this one kind of set of stats and you're trying to compare and you're trying to understand and it's very easy to contextualize it's very easy to kind of i mean this is not always easy but it's clear that you are, you know, trying to create an understanding of whether how many tackles that year is kind of important enough and what's the thresholds between players and which are the, like, really great players that year for this particular class. It, you know, it, it's, it's all very contextual because it's one season. And I think, I think generally... <laughs> the nominating of these players so I typically focus on the nominees because who wins out of the five to six people nominated I you know like that's that's sim luck it's GM luck it's whatever but I think I think the nominating process is pretty good um especially here and I, I really like how the ISFL has a two-stage process but you know I think that works really well when you're looking at a single index what breaks down is when you start to need to dramatically increase the scope of analysis and viewing to incorporate players' careers. And I think that, you know, 
committees, nominating committees just get unstuck at this point because how, where do you draw the line? How much analysis can you actually do? Um, this entire award, award could really take as much analysis as the entire rest of the slate. So inevitably what ends up happening is that the award is judged on a how did they do compared to last year because it's about all you can manage Um, so I'm going to go so I've kind of laid out in this first half what I think the problems with the breakout awards are Um, and so I'm going to spend the second half when I come out of the supermarket uh, describing what I think there are in terms of potential solutions okay Okay, so I'm still in the supermarket, but I'm going to middle queue, so I figure I'm just going to start talking again. Um, so I've just kind of laid out what I think the problems with the breakout awards are, what, you know, whether they're most improved or whether they're um, breakouts and all the issues with assessing what a breakout is and... Um, you know, the issues with assessing one award over multiple seasons where the rest of your scope is all a single season. So those are those are the problems. Um, so let's jump into what I think are some potential solutions here. So I've just bought burger buns and raspberries. Um, and I'm not going to try and use Apple Pay while I'm also talking on the phone seems like it's not going to work out. I do not have a nectar card. Um, that's like a supermarket discounting card. I do have one, but it's attached to my online purchases only. Don't walk around with it. Um, <laughs> hopefully you can hear me over the face mask. I'm just about to take that off now. So, what I think should be done for the breakout player is I think we should first define it as a early career award reward award so I think that if you were a journeyman professional I think you probably just even if you come great late in your career I think that's great but I think you've been an established veteran presence already let's let's just simplify the process by limiting our pool of candidates and so some people say that's maybe unfair but I I just think that's it kind of feels like a path to creating a understanding what this award means so the idea of this is almost to say well for those great players who didn't come right in their rookie season but maybe in seasons two three or maybe it's four maybe it's three like you know maybe it's a two season window maybe it's a three season window I'm not going to try and define that on a podcast for Ultimate Week but you know that, that's the idea is it's kind of like a first half of your career uh, award so first of all that dramatically decreases the scope of analysis it does add a step of uh, listing eligible players um, let's fire in some kind of exclusion categories there though as well 
I don't think if you have been nominated for an award, you could be declared that you haven't broken out. So for me, breaking out is kind of being that moment where you register to the um, to the league at large. You know, when have you kind of put your name out there? So another excluding factor is I think if you have led a statistical category like one of the major statistical categories um, let's call it for defense, tackles uh, pass deflection sacks, tackles for loss or uh, interceptions if you've kind of led the league in one of those categories for a year, even if you don't get nominated for an award, I think you've kind of broken out as far as the league is concerned, your name's been at the top of a stats sheet for most people I think your name's kind of out there and you've established yourself as a useful veteran in the league. Um, now, I, yeah, I think that's maybe soft. You probably don't necessarily need to exclude those players, but I think that's a way you could go of kind of defining the breakout. Is have you been nominated for an award? Have you led a statistical category? That's kind of significant. Um, Yeah, <laughs> on that. Have you posted a uh, all all time career number in a season or in a game? And maybe not in a game, but in a season, I think that probably counts as breaking up. Um, so, I think I think that helps define it. So, early career award with some kind of clear exclusions around what constitutes breaking out, you know. And, you know, I, I think you can be a little grey on that. Um, but uh, I think I think that feels... Those feel right to me, anyway, um, as a veteran of these awards processes. The second big thing I would say is let's get it out of the awards nominating committee. Let's not ask a team of people who is analyzing one index in detail to try and keep track of a huge number of people's careers and the shape over the year and I think this is especially problematic where you have what is basically a rotating cast of um, nominators Um, yeah like I think one of the great things about the ISFL nomination process is it's player participation um reps are nominated from their teams and you know there's quite a lot of um god what's the word uh churn of the membership so you know a significant membership of the committee that nominates the awards is new to the job each year which I think is fine it's good but I think asking those new people to kind of look back and forward and not have the kind of history of who's been nominated and who's whatever before be a I think it gets in the way of being able to look at that history so what I'd be proposing is that either say a committee that looks at long-time players like for instance maybe the Hall of Fame committee takes on an annual task you know for additional payment um, of nominating a breakout player each year 
I think that would be a very elegant solution because in some ways they should be looking at the kind of arcs that players are having but maybe maybe they kind of want to continue to only focus on players who have retired recently and understand those careers so an alternative to the Hall of Fame vote some of you might be aware of a SHL user named Aga Agaba Agababa uh, I can't remember his full Aga this is one of the great power users of the SHL um, now I think inactive could double check that um, I don't th- um, but they created a top 100 SHL um, players database system where they basically set up a kind of rolling list each season of who the top 100 players are and I think at first he kind of did this all on his own um, and at later stages he created a system as part of the history um, group over in the SHL to um, formalise the top 100 voting and you know submitted got ballots from I think sort of eight members I was once one of the contributing voters for that as well um, and it basically takes a very kind of here's, here's where a player is ranked and here's the kind of jumps they've made and you could sort of a team who is creating a top 100 list each season could easily look through who the big movers and shakers are who's broken into the list from nowhere who's gone from obscurity um, to the you know very top maybe, you know, maybe maybe just being on the list at all constitutes a breakout I, I, I don't I don't know I, you know, we're not trying to um, not trying to create too many rules on a fly on a podcast for Ultimates Week but you know, the, the idea being that there's a group of players who looks at how players are developing over the last three years and that group would be able to see what um, who's moving, who's making waves, who's jumped up onto their radar in a big way um, and come to probably a consensus group of nominations which then gets sent to GMs to vote on just like a normal award vote. So I, I don't know, I think I think that would be my approach to not maybe not solving but making better the breakout award. Um, and I think you could probably do it by just defining it better and still leaving it up to the current nominators, although I really think finding someone else to make the nominations for that award might be one of the kind of real tricks to making a substantial improvement to that order. And I, I'm not going to kind of go into specifics, but I think I had a couple of issues with the uh, current list, this year's list. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone was trying to make a bad list. And you know, I think, I think because there's not a clear definition and greed by the community on what constitutes a breakout it's a little complex you know I think 
uh, one of the committee members, you know, rightfully kind of pointed out that, you know, a previous nomination for the breakout award doesn't necessarily exclude you, which is kind of the current precedent. I just don't agree with that current precedent. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, hope this has been a interesting kind of rant. Hope it's not been too ranty. I think I've covered most of the material. I'd hope to. Um, and enjoy this and future podcasts with me. Yeah, I'll come in, mate. Cheers. That's uh, my neighbour letting me in. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Bye.